This B-Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com B-E. That's IXL.com B-E. We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, my flex learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B-E. Welcome to the Cybertraps podcast. I am Jethro Jones coming to you from Washington, host of the podcast Transformative Principal and author of the book School X, How to Redesign Your School for the People Right in Front of You. I am a former principal at all levels of K-12 education. Greetings, everyone. I'm Frederick Lane, an author, attorney, and educational consultant, temporarily based in East Hampton, New York. I'm the author of 10 books, including most recently, Cybertraps for Educators 2.0, Raising Cyberethical Kids, and Cybertraps for Expecting Moms and Dads. Jethro and I have teamed up to bring timely, entertaining, and useful information to teachers, parents, and others about the risks arising from the use and misuse of digital devices. Over the coming weeks and months, we'll be talking to some of the world's leading experts from the fields of education, parenting, sociology, and cyber safety. Join us as we look at what it takes to better navigate our increasingly high-tech world. For more information or to donate to our work, please visit centerforcyberethics.org. The Center, <laughs> the Center for Cyberethics is the producer of the Cybertraps podcast, although it's really just the two of us eating chat. <laughs> in any case, the Center for Cyber Ethics is an independent, nonpartisan educational institute dedicated to the study and promotion of cyber ethics as a positive social force through research, curricula development, publishing and media, professional training, and public advocacy. Well, this episode and the next few episodes of the podcast are going to be about our time in at the PPI conference in Boise, Idaho. So as we are chatting here, I hope you enjoy it and enjoy the uh, people that we were able to talk with. This was the Professional Practices Institute put on by the National Association of State Directors of Teacher and Educator Certification. And this is a similar um, conference that Fred and I went to last year in Oklahoma City as well. So hope you enjoy this and the following episodes that are going to be like it. 
Since we were recording in a public place, there are some times where the background noise gets a little much, but hopefully we've done enough to take care of that and it's not too annoying. And uh, thanks for your patience with that. Glenn, welcome. Glad to have you back for round three. This is good. It's, it's always wonderful to see both you gentlemen. Thank well, you. it is a pleasure to be at PPI with you, Glenn, and back in person. That's right. He, this is when we first met in Cincinnati. Yep. At, at a PPI many, many years ago. It's really incredible. Well, this has been a terrific event, and uh, I think we are going to have some really, really good podcasts coming out of it. That, that is definitely true. That's because there's wonderful people here in engage, engaging in professional practices to try to make our, our kids safer in schools. Yeah. So, uh, Glenn, why don't you tell us what you're excited about right now? What is something that's getting you excited about the work? I, I think what, it, what excites me about the work is um, feeling that we have answers to some of our challenges. And the fact that one of the things we've succeeded in doing over the years is bringing in more of the stakeholders that have the same values and have been really separated from each other. So we're getting more people who are involved in insurance that end up paying the claims who can talk to their clients. We're getting more people from human resources. We're getting more teachers, more superintendents and uh, showing up to these types of events. And all of these voices are important. Mm -hmm. And the problem has been, everyone has been trying to put out a fire, each of them holding a single bucket. Mm -hmm. all separated rather than creating a, a bucket brigade. So what I'm seeing is we've got some significant problems, but we're beginning to form the line of a bucket brigade and that's going to be more effective at, uh, extinguishing the flames. Yeah. So one of the things that I've heard from other people is that the topics here have been more focused on investigations than they have in the past. And so there needs to be a balance when you have so many different stakeholders, how do you make something like this valuable for so many different people who have such different roles? Well, what you recognize is what everyone shares in common, whether it's the principal in the classroom or the cyber expert is uh, connecting. Mm -hmm. And one of the things you learn from investigators or you learn from some of the other people presenting is what's going on in terms of a relationship that either assists you in calming someone who is uh, upset, someone who's been damaged and hurt, what gets someone out of that fight or flight or collapse state into a place of calm where there could be better deliberation and, and, and better movement forward. So what, what happens when everyone talks together is you uh, move from you move from reaction to prevention. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's important for people to know each of the roles everyone plays, and and how they all work together. And it's nice for us to be speaking the same the same language. So yeah. we we begin to learn now. And there's a lot of work to do because I think I may have said this before. And most psychologists aren't necessarily trained in threat assessment and you know, mm -hmm. we're dealing with school shootings. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of them aren't trained in talking to a child about sexual misconduct or abuse. And 
Every profession could learn from other professions, and there's a lot we could learn from investigators. Mm -hmm. And the reason is, as superintendent or vice principal or someone in school, in most states have an obligation to look into something when it occurs. Yep. And the tool that we have are those conversations. And that's where the model code of ethics fits in, because it's something that enables and assists us in beginning to have some of those difficult conversations. Well, one of the things that strikes me, Glenn, and I know we've talked about this in the past, is that a key benefit of something like PPI is bringing together people from different states and getting a sense of how different jurisdictions handle things and also promoting cross-jurisdiction cooperation. And there was a great presentation yesterday about a case that stretched from West Virginia to Arizona. And PPI played a direct role in creating the network to handle a potential repeat offender. So, so not only does it help with that, but what is the ground work for that are the relationships that are established. Mm -hmm. So a few years ago, I had a call um, from an investigator in Colorado from someone in Hawaii whose uh, child was being inappropriately handled mm -hmm. in a private school in Hawaii. Uh, the investigator went and did uh, looked into the uh, female teacher's background, and she had lied even about graduating college. Wow. So never completed the college. But I had the ability to call people in Hawaii because I've been at the PPI so much that we were getting to know each other, and there's a Western division, and we sit and we have meetings and ask questions. Mm -hmm. Now, in that case, what I found out was not helpful for me, which is you don't need a credential to be in a private school, mm -hmm. and you could call yourself a teacher. They only regulate the public schools, and in Hawaii, the majority of the schools are private. Yeah. So, so there, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of challenges. Yeah. But we're we're able to connect, and then the uh, interstate compact for the sharing of information, mm -hmm. which the, Nasdaq worked on, the clearinghouse for uh, folks who have had disciplinary actions. Right. Which each of the states cooperated in terms of what would be shared with districts, because mm -hmm. some of that is private. But it it opens the sort of discussions you need. Especially, and, and this has been said many times in this podcast, when you look at misconduct as a process, what you find in something like the clearinghouse is if you catch someone early in that process, not only do you save a career and, and help with a child, and we're about ready to have an announcement, so we're going to pop. And go. All right. So, so what I was, what I was saying is if you catch someone early in that process or on that pathway, you could save a career and protect a child. However, you may need to work with that person so they don't fall again on that road or get called, you know, brought into that process. Well, and honestly, one of the things that struck me in a couple of the, uh, sessions that we've had here is that you don't just stop with a career. You may not only save a career, but you may save a family. You may save a community. You may save trust in the school. Mm -hmm. Right. And schools are financed on something called ADAs, average daily attendance. And so when a, an event happens, people pull children out of the school. So there's a direct financial implication to misconduct mm -hmm. that affects the school and confidence in education. 
So uh, it becomes important because one of the techniques of some of of some attorneys are to try to influence a jury before a trial by doing press coverage. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that press coverage, because it, it could also increase the dollar value of the case if it settles, if you, if you, if you get enough news on it. So there's a lot of reasons potentially to do it. Or, you know, a, a righteous attorney may know that more people who've experienced something similar are going to come out when it's in, in the press. And, and it's more it. potential clients or looking at it cynically or perhaps cauterizing a wound more effectively. Yeah. Right. More confirmation. If, if you're a survivor, what often helps survivor is a recognition that the person who manipulated them has been using the same lines, going to the same yeah. right, beautiful scenic spot. And it's all part of uh, the twisting and, and turning. And then when they realize this person wasn't in love with me, because he's told everyone else he's in love with them, and this is the only only person he's ever taken to this magical point of view spot. So, uh, well, and we did a fascinating interview, which will be on the podcast with the journalist Matt Drange, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. And he began investigating a potential offender in his old high school, and it's exactly what you said that it was almost as if there was a script that was used for multiple victims. Yeah. When that script comes out and people know about it, it becomes a that's Me Too right. movement mm -hmm. where people go, Me Too, that's what happened to me. And suddenly they don't feel as responsible mm -hmm. because one of the aspects of um, manipulating someone is making them feel that they'll get in trouble. Yeah. And or that it's almost, their fault. That's almost universal when you hear mm -hmm. these cases. When suddenly you hear everyone was told that and everyone was fed the same malarkey, to uh, quote our president, uh, <laughs> we, uh, you know, we sort of uh, pick up on that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I, I'm, I'm glad that you found interesting material here, but I don't think anyone struck you, although you said you were struck at the CPI. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're biding your time to say that. Um, I will say, Glenn, that um, you can't come to an event like this, I think, without being Number one, inspired by the passion that people bring to their work, but also by the thoughtfulness of the people who are approaching these topics. I mean, they're people who are working on policies, on legislation. They're thinking about investigative techniques. It's really impressive. People should take a lot of comfort from the effort and the professionalism that people demonstrate here. And, and let's add that one of the beautiful things here, for those of us who've been working in this for decades, is the new blood, are the newbies, are the people who are going to be carrying the, the torch mm -hmm. and bringing them up to speed so we don't have to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Because as we know, change in systems is a pendulum. And uh, if someone knows that arc, that then helps them negotiate what they're going to be looking at. So let me ask you a question about that. I, so I'm listening to this. I'm a teacher or a principal or a superintendent and... I don't want to make this my personal crusade, but I want to do more to help out. What would you say I should do to, to be involved, um, in a way that will be meaningful? Recognize the many points of in intervention. It's like, there's many roads to enlightenment mm -hmm. and, and that might be, uh, empowering youth voice programs. So students come forward. 
That might be uh, making sure that in your package of online training, you have something that addresses these issues. And see if you find a champion in, in the wonderful, talented people you have mm -hmm. in, in the organization you're part of. And th those are ways where things could be addressed where you don't have to be the person uh, who suddenly puts the yoke and has to pull the whole wagon. Yeah. It's a nice way to put it. It seems to me that, you know, one of the key messages along those lines is being willing to have difficult conversations with parents and actually even with kids about the kinds of things that can mm -hmm. happen and what they should watch out for and when it's appropriate to say something. And that's one of the things I find uh, hopeful, and that is a better understanding of trauma and trauma-informed schools. And you've heard Fred talk about this, and I chat about it also with, with Fred and others, is the teaching of cyber citizenship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I have an animation for children, seven minutes long, that teaches them about the tools tricksters use. And I could teach about those tools in a way where I am asserting civil rights and saying anything worthwhile you're doing is something you'll be able to share. Mm -hmm. If someone wants you to keep a secret and you can't tell people who you know care about you, that's a sign that something is wrong. That's a really and, insightful and give, point, yeah. And to give really clear information to parents and students is something that is very preventative. And I'm stepping away from words like grooming and predators and right. things like that because I'm not looking for pushback. But when you say, we believe in you, we want you to unfold, and we're going to delight in what you're doing. And if it's healthy what you're doing, it's worth sharing. Mm -hmm. If you can't share it and someone says no one else could know or you're going to get in trouble, or you're the one who made this happen and you're responsible. Mm-hmm. That's a bad sign. And remember, you can always change your mind. So I say tricksters use gale forces. And gale is they make you feel guilty when it's their suggestion. A, they get angry at you. And most children don't want someone angry at them or students or college students. And the L is they threaten you with loneliness. Everyone's going to reject you and blame you. Even your family won't love you. And then E is embarrassment because that's the basis of sextortion and many other things. Sure. We now have pictures and we're going to be sharing these. And this embarrassment, once it's on the web, it stays on the web. That's, that's a really brilliant acronym. I haven't actually heard you use that before, but that's a great summation of this whole environment. So, so that's what I use to teach kids. Watch for gale forces. When it's a gale force, you need to run for cover and let an adult or someone in charge know. Handle mm -hmm. that, yeah. Well, you know, look, I think it's also important to step back and recognize that as a society, it feels like we're in a little bit of a sex panic right now. You know, when you look at some of the issues that are out there regarding transgender, uh, regarding the content of books in different libraries and so forth. And I think that makes these conversations between schools and parents more difficult. I, I think I think it makes those conversations more difficult because you're starting from um, a point of anger, a point of concern rather than a point of how do we make things safe? Because the idea is you're angry this is going on because your children aren't safe. 
Or you think they're not safe if they hear about yeah, these? If they hear about this, they're, they're going to read this and it's going to change their gender identity. They're, there's going to be all these changes with this material. So what? right now we have a lot of fear. And the best way to deal with fear is one, recognize it and create the sort of conversations where people find a sense of calm because most people in education and most parents want their children to be healthy mm -hmm. and want their children to have opportunities and want their children to succeed. And we have the common grounds to connect if we avoid uh, incendiary positions and we focus on what we do in mediation. Well, and, and again, coming back to this conference, that's one of the things I love is that people are coming together from all over the country and having those kinds of calm, rational conversations about how to improve the schools and the safety of children. And let's add another element, e even for the listeners, when they hear about this and they've heard some of these, these uh, individuals speak, and that is there is uh, a sense of refueling and mm. optimism yeah. that can occur when you find out you're not in this alone. Mm -hmm. And so one of the main things we're dealing with is um, how often a teacher or someone else feels alone in, in their inability to share things. And now we have the ability to share things and find out there are other people who've had to deal with this and, and I could benefit not only from their support, but potentially hearing something they did I hadn't considered. Mm -hmm. Well said. Yeah, I think that's really important. I think the, the last thing that I would want to bring up is you've mentioned doing things for the adults to help them learn, doing things for the kids to help them learn. And I think the thing that I'm taking away is that this is a, this is a problem that needs to be addressed with everybody involved, that parents, kids, school employees, and everybody needs to be aware of what the signs are, needs to know how to react and how to intervene. And that it's not something that, you know, we can't just leave it to the investigators who investigate teacher misconduct. It's got to be everybody taking a role in that as well. Anything else you'd like to add to that, Glenn? Yeah, yes. And, and that is what we're doing is every parent wants their child to be healthy and raised in, in a good community. And so it's important for the community to not only work with the kids and empower youth voice, but it's also important to work with parents. We are finding, and we've learned this after COVID, and I've said this before, that loneliness and isolation is what leads to perversion when people can't find appropriate ways to self-soothe or feel recognized. And, um, you know, you can't find a relationship with, with a person. Maybe you'll find a shoe. And, and then that gets tied to what is sexually arousing for you. So all these things happen when you can't find normal relationships. So what we really need to do from a more trauma-informed position and awareness of what happens when people are activated and scared is we have to have the sort of meetings where there's a, um, the biggest predictor of recovery is kindling hope that then having a plan that makes that come true. Mm. Well, that's really well said, Glenn. Nice note to end on. Yeah, thank you for being here, Glenn. Uh, I think it was number three, right? Is that what we said? I, I think he's officially friend of the show status. Yes, I think so. <laughs> yep. 
Thank you so much, Glenn. Appreciate it. And, and as always, thanks. Thanks for facilitating these conversations because none of us know what we're going to be saying during this few minutes that we're chatting. <laughs> that is the best part of it. We love this. <laughs> there are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master's schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. Do you want to save time on prep work, increase student achievement for all of your students, reliably meet tier one standards? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to ixl.com B to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve these goals. That's ixl.com slash B-E.